Killstreak episode four. I am Eric Gosselin, and joining me as always is Mike Price. Mike, how are you? I am great. I'm great, Eric. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be listening. Just know that we love you, and this is a podcast where we talk about entire series of horror movies and then at the end of it all, we rate them and rank them in our canonical order. Yeah, and once, isn't that right, Mike? That's correct, Eric. And, and once <laughs> we've done that, uh, those ra- those rankings are set in stone for now and forevermore. Uh, yep, there will be no more debating it on the internet, in books, in nope. uh, scrolls. Nope, not outside whenever. your high school. Not inside your high school, Mm-mm. because this stuff is not for children. <laughs> NSFW, am I right, Michael? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to take a big bite out of our audience, but let's be realistic. Yeah. So, uh, this first bunch of this first grip of episodes, we're talking about return of the living dead in the return of the living dead series. And today I am very excited to be talking about return of the living dead necropolis. This is the fourth film in the franchise and, you know, who says the fourth film in a franchise can't be a home run? <laughs> That's right. This is a fucking movie, people. I don't this know. I don't know if you've a- ever if you've ever seen a movie before. This is definitely some people got together and made a motion picture. <laughs> this is a fucking doozy. Holy shit. So I I realized in the last 15 minutes that Uh this was the latter day Return of the Living Dead movie that I had seen. Okay. But I didn't remember a single thing about it. Yeah. Based on the way that you talked about your experience having seen one of these movies in the mm -hmm. past, uh, I was positive that this couldn't have been it because the fact that you wouldn't have remembered this viewing experience <laughs> was mind blowing to me. Yeah, well, I, I I was thinking about that myself because it, it didn't really snap together, like I said, until the last fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh, I definitely remember these these two things happening. Uh-huh. Uh, the rest of it, I just came away with this viewing experience. I was an intern, um, my first like couple of months here in LA, uh, was fifteen years ago, two thousand five. Uh, I was an intern at New Market Films. Would they? It's a rest. May they rest in peace. No longer with us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they released like Donnie Darko and Memento, like so, a lot of great movies. And so they uh, this opportunity came to see this one, and then like on a later day, rave to the grave. Yeah, if you wanted to come back for another screening. Yeah. And so they set up a private screening with like myself and my internship director. And there was just there's just us in this like little uh, screening room in like Santa Monica, and I was a huge as you know from mm-hmm. listening to the show, big Return of the Living Dead fan. I was 
really psyched and I left being like, that was fucking awful. And also I would attribute me forgetting it to like that being the height of, I was 22 and just drinking all the time. (laughs) So I'm sure I've watched it from my memory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that was the era when I used to bring like little airline bottles of alcohol into movie theaters for no other reason than it's just like, right. well, I'm not going to sit in a dark room for two hours and not get shit-faced. Yeah, I I saw um, the third of the Star Wars prequels with some friends from home, and we, we drank, like, you know, a bunch of whiskey mm. and Dr. Pepper in line, and I don't remember the movie <laughs> at all. To this day, I've never yeah. revisited it, and I uh. think my friend <laughs> threw up in his chili fries. <laughs> Yeah, I had I had a friend that I don't really see anymore, and this may be because of this incident, but I was lucky enough to go to a very early screening of Superbad with mm-hmm. our mutual friend Dave Horowitz. Shout out, mm-hmm. Dave. I'm sure he's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but we got to see an early screening with the director and the cast, and it was super cool. So I was, I loved it. And I was very pumped when it came out on video, but or not on video, but it, when it actually released to the general public. Uh, and so my friends and I got uh, got all set to go see this movie, and we went out for some drinks beforehand. I got a little tipsy, and I thought it would be a good idea to buy uh, five nips of whiskey uh-huh. to, to bring into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got really, really drunk, and I was like kind of borderline blackout by halfway through. But I had seen the movie already, so I was like, apparently I, I remember bits and pieces of this, but I guess I was like shouting out my favorite parts of the movie before they happen. Always <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, fun. Yeah, a fun movie going experience. Yeah, My friend Brett apparently had to be restrained from like getting physical with me, which <laughs> I don't remember specifically. I think maybe a full two minutes before there's a scene where they drive around in a cop car listening to Panama by mm-hmm. Van Halen. And I jumped the gun by about two minutes and was just shouting Panama uh, at the screen in a packed movie theater. Um, yeah, I shouldn't have told this story. This makes me sound like an absolute monster. No, it's uh, fine. It's cool. um, It was 15 years ago. A lot has changed. Exactly. If I may take one other brief diversion of people being drunk <laughs> or fucked up in a movie theater. I went to go see Ghost World whenever that movie came out when I was in college. Uh-huh. And I went to like the Copley Place um, movie theater and uh, in Boston. Sure. And for some reason, two like legit crackheads thought it'd be a good idea to go into Ghost World. Okay. And they each had, they snuck in 40s and both of them had the same exact voice, which is like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a man and a woman. Okay. But they both had the same voice. And at one point, one of them dropped the 40 and it rolled. Because it was like, like a movie theater is like kind of like tilted. Uh-huh. It yeah. rolled the entire from there way in the back all the way to the front. You just started like, <laughs> it's like spilling malt liquor everywhere. <laughs> and I just I couldn't imagine why they had picked Ghost World of all movies to to just like let's get drunk in a movie theater and nobody canoodle. was gonna be there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, nobody goes to see interesting art movies. <laughs> uh okay so back to return of the living dead necropolis yeah. why not i had a th- i had a theory that okay. uh before we rewatched or i rewatched this movie that maybe 
I was too harsh on it at the time. Mm-hmm. And that maybe I would find that I really liked this movie. Uh-huh. And can I tell you something? Yeah, please. I fucking loved watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, okay, I'm going to get this out of the way right okay. now. Okay. This is not a good movie. No. In any stretch of the imagination. But I had a goddamn blast <laughs> watching this movie. Uh, I think that's a totally reasonable reaction to have. I, I mean, I, re- I think like my log line for this again, to just, to kind of spoil where we're going to end up, but like my thoughts are pretty much summed up this way. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And it was way better, <laughs> way better than part two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank Um, I was the whole time. Like, is this going to be a thing in the ranking episode where we have to debate whether or not this is better or worse than part two? It is way more fun to watch than part two. Yeah. And it is way – it's a worse movie than part In two. If that makes any sense. every quantifiable way. I mean, yeah. this movie is an absolute catastrophe. <laughs> it's a fucking train wreck. In in such – so, like, okay, this, this was my experience watching it. It starts out – I'm like, okay, I kind of like the first – uh, we'll get to the beat by beat bit of it, but like I like the first opening commercial. Mm-hmm. I'm always a sucker for like fake satirical commercials mm-hmm. and movies. And like, okay, this might be fine. The first scene happens, and then once it gets to our main characters, I was like, oh no, 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 <laughs> this <laughs> this is not going to be fine. But then it it just gets progressively weirder and yeah. weirder and more just ridiculous in yeah. a way that I'm like, okay. I'm turning off my movie, my like critical brain right. here, and I'm just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And then once I did that, I'm like, yeah, this is great. It's a fucking <laughs> ride. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I want to give uh, a recommendation and also steal um, a ter- like a kind of a, a terminology from uh, a movie critic I love, Nathan Rabin, who used to be at the AV mm-hmm. Club. Uh, was at the dissolve for a while. Um, so he has a running, a long running series called uh, my, it was originally called my year of flops. And then yes, as it continued on for more of a year, changed the title to my world of flops. But basically just once a week, he would review a critically reviled film and then give his sort of final ra- rating of that movie. And it was on a, th- just a three point scale and the three different ratings you could give that movie were secret success, failure, or fiasco. Mm-hmm. And the worst the worst score you can get is failure. Yes, um, yes. The best score you're, you can you're get not is, hitting yeah, is secret, secret success, right? Yeah, of course. If it's actually a good movie that didn't deserve to get panned, then great. Good for that movie. Yeah, because a failure would mean it didn't, it doesn't accomplish anything that it sets out to do. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing redeemable about it. Mm-hmm. But a fiasco is something else entirely, and this movie is a fiasco. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it uh, is a fiasco. <laughs> well, like, let's talk a little bit about how we ended up with this movie. Please. Um, I, I didn't do any research on this because uh-huh. I knew you were the research man here, Yeah, and I'm excited to hear yeah. about it. All right, let say. me lay some background on you. Okay, so we've got two original writers and producer Tom Fox, who we've heard about a lot over the last few episodes uh, as the sort of progenitors of this film. So 
It was first born with writers William Butler and Aaron Strongoni. Um, Butler is a somewhat noteworthy name. He's done some directing and also a lot of acting. So he has a pretty major part in Friday the 13th Part 7. He's in okay. he's in Tom Savini's 1990 Night of the Living Dead remake. He oh. plays Tom, like the pretty pretty central character, like the kind of naive young guy. Yep. yep. Um, he's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and he's also done some directing and had done some directing before he even wrote this script. So he was a guy with like a pretty decent horror pedigree. Um, and he uh, had originally gotten in touch with Tom Fox about wanting to do another sequel to Return of the Living Dead. The rights for the Return of the Living Dead franchise, just like to save a lot of boring explanation, just basically constantly bounce back and forth between Tom Fox and different studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this was a point in time when the rights had come back to Fox. Uh, so he had the rights to make another Return of the Living Dead movie and he wanted to do it. Uh, so he brings these two guys on. Uh, Butler first, then he pairs him with another writer. The two of them got along really well. They went on to write some other scripts together after this. They wrote a script that, as far as anyone can can will attest, is uh, pretty far removed from what we ended up with here. Uh, there was a five-year period in between the production, uh, like the launching of this sort of script writing, and then when this movie actually got made. Okay. And over the period of time... Uh, they had originally pitched it to a couple different places, and at one point it was going to be like a big attempt to reignite this franchise. They were looking at a $30 million budget. Holy shit. Yeah, to do a Return of the Living Dead for the <clears throat> script revolved around... It was actually not dissimilar to Romero's Land of the Dead, which hadn't come out at this point, so kind of you know great minds maybe uh, i don't know somewhat somewhat competent (laughs) minds thinking alike Um, a real ants bugs life situation (laughs) sure yeah that's right was the b movie and what was the other b movie c movie (laughs) i don't know thank you there's another b movie i don't know maybe there was maybe there wasn't maybe i'm just maybe that's the third one in the ants bug life uh sort of Mm -hmm. yeah triumvirate yeah hey (laughs) Jenks, you owe me a Coke. Okay. Um, <laughs> now. I owe you a bump. Oh. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Kids, turn off the podcast now. <laughs> uh, and also, also go back in time to when we were talking about getting drunk at the movies and turn yeah. off before that. <laughs> uh, don't get drunk at the movies. It was stupid. I looked like an ass. Anyways, um, to make a really long story short, I'm just going to kind of summarize it with this. Once, at one point, Tom Fox gets sick, and his health is deteriorating. Oh, shit. He eventually becomes no longer attached to this film. Uh, he passed away before the film was produced. Uh, so no sa- way, really? Yeah, so, so, so a sad note there. Um, but also probably a good thing that Tom Fox never got to see these movies come out. Mm. Um because I don't think he would have been as pumped about this fiasco as we were. Um, (laughs) The rights end up with uh, another production company, bounce around some more, eventually get handed off to a production company called Castel Film Romania. Um, So this is... (laughs) 
and you can sort of see where, like, you can see the beginnings of where we're going to end up here. So Castell Film Studios uh, is basically just a a place to make cheap fucking movies. <laughs> um, if you go to their webpage, uh, it basically the first thing it says is, "I'm just going to read verbatim." Like this is this is uh, this is what Castell Film is all about. The Romanian government approved the new state aid scheme for film and television productions. 35% cash rebate of the Romanian spent and additional 10% for explicitly promoting Romania. 50% rebate (laughs) on the withholding tax for all foreign cast and crew part of local budget. This scheme is open to feature films, medium and short fiction films, TV series, direct-to-video, internet. In a nutshell, 35 to 45% cash rebate. And it just goes on to list how cheap it is to make a movie in Romania. In Romania. Please come to Romania and make a movie. Now, one of the two founders of Castel Film Romania, believe it or not, one is a Romanian film producer, as you might suspect. The other, a Hollywood producer. Would you like to take a guess, Eric, at what sort of uh, soul would be a Hollywood producer who would be interested in owning a film studio in a foreign country that just produced cheap genre pictures, direct-to-video sequels. Well, I mean, I I hope this isn't the case, but uh, Steve Bannon? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a horror. It's a horror guy. (laughs) Okay, okay. <laughs> Charles Band? Yes, correct. Really? Oh, yes. wow. Yeah, you nailed it. Second time's the charm. So Charles Band and Romanian film producer Vlad Pauneșcu. Uh, I'm sure I fucked that up. Pauneșcu. Mm. But um, their whole thing, it, they exist to pump out cheap direct-to-video sequels to movies. Okay. That it is an entire production studio sort of geared around that goal um and boy howdy you can tell (laughs) so what was one script for a 30 million dollar movie was eventually they were told to make into two scripts for two movies because it was cheaper to film two movies back to back um the production crew is is primarily romanian the set was populated with translators um, the book is full of all of the nicest, most euphemistic ways for the American <laughs> principles to be like, the Romanian crew was very hardworking. <laughs> um, it's just like, I don't know how many times they refer to them as being very hardworking. Um, <laughs> I believe some people were making something like $7 a day to work on the film. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. So basically it's just, this is like the lowest level of film production that exists. Wow. Um, and the producers, um, one of the anecdotes that the writers uh, tell in the book is that at one point they met with the two producers of the movie uh, arguing about script notes, and it quickly b- became clear that neither of the producers had ever seen a Return of the Living Dead movie uh, and believe that was the case through the end of production. So... 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, so the people in charge of this entire shoot had never seen any of the three movies that came before this and never bothered to. Oh, my God. That makes so much sense. Because this movie ends up, like, breaking almost every single rule we've established yeah. with this series so far. Yeah. Um, some just, like, I, I mean, I'll hit on some of the stuff with the cast later, but just, like, because I think this is fucking hilarious. Um, we'll get around to watching part five soon. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, you know what? Then I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to sit on what I was going to say because I think it's more Did fun. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it, but I've read a bit about it. I tried to skip big spoilers and the like, but there are things that I know about its production that okay. I am very excited to talk about, but I will wait until our next episode. Oh, my God. I am, I am truly excited to watch uh <laughs> Part five, rave to the grave. Oh, just the like the de-heightening in the yeah. in the sequels. Necropolis. What the fuck's a necropolis? I watched the movie. I'm still not even sure what a necropolis. is. I believe is. a necropolis is a Romanian office building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, to rave to the grave. Oh yeah. my god! And it's it's the number two. In case anybody was was not positive. <laughs> Is it really? It, I mean, if it isn't, it, it still it is. It should be. Yeah. Okay. Goodness. Um, yeah, so just one or two more production notes. The director is a man who I'm going to take a shot at his name, Ellery Elkayam, um, um, who had one directorial credit to his name before this. It was the 2002 feature Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, which at least was a major motion picture release. I've seen it a long time ago. I remember thinking it wasn't great, but it's not terrible no um, i yeah exactly i had the same thoughts exactly yeah and i guess it was sort of like a very loose adaptation of a short film he had made that like kind of helped him break into uh hollywood um he had done uh like a kind of special effects uh proof of concept thing with the giant spider mm -hmm. um and it was very well received uh so he's he's from new zealand uh everyone on the set says he was really nice um no no one dislikes the man i don't think anybody feels like he was particularly well suited to this job um mm -hmm. originally william butler was the writer was supposed to direct this film uh before things sort of started transforming into uh this romanian uh waking nightmare uh, <laughs> but um yeah, after these two movies, he's only got one more direct uh, directing credit to his name, and that is 2009's direct-to-video sequel, Without a Paddle, Nature's Calling. No shit! <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so that's uh, Entertainment guy... Weekly. Entertainment Weekly calls it the most unnecessary sequel of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, to be clear, this is a sequel. They were unable to get back any of their principal actors. Um, yeah, so Seth Green, Matthew Lillard, and Dax Shepard were all busy uh, for the for the production of that movie. Who was who? Do you have it in front of you? Who's, yeah, you want to know who this? was in? I want to know who replaces them. Yeah. I mean, I've can never. I, I've ne can I guess Harlan Will Harlan Williams? Oh man, that's Williamson. Williams? That is way over this movie's budget. Oh, Okay, <laughs> there's no one. 
Oh, okay. I'm looking it's, at it's this nobody's. cast list. I've never heard of a single one of these people. Fair enough. Christopher Turner, Canadian actor, best known for his role as Dr. Gavin Murphy on the medical drama Saving Hope. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, let's let's put it this way. They list um, eight names from the cast, and three of them have Wikipedia pages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm sorry for uh, Christopher Turner, who might be a, a listener to this podcast. Yeah. Oh, which also reminds me, we've been giving out our email address at the end of every episode, and you might be wondering, like, hey, well, how come nobody's answered any of my questions? Uh, it's because we're recording this whole group of episodes before we're releasing any of them. So we probably won't get around to talking about any of your emails until the next batch of movies that we do. Yeah, just but, wanted to do a little housekeeping there. Yeah, they'll definitely we'll be we'll try to be quick and uh, and keep up on our replies. Yeah, uh, unless your questions are stupid, in which case we might ignore them. Yeah. Um, the second little piece of housekeeping that I wanted to do was last episode. I incorrectly said that Trimark Pictures released the Cyborg film series. Oh, my God. And that is not correct. They only did part two. This is embarrassing. Only part two, the the Angelina Jolie one, who it's her first movie. She is mind-meltingly attractive in that movie. Never been an Angelina Jolie guy. Watch Cyborg 2. <laughs> no. It's not a good movie. No, I'm not. But the original to. Cyborg was the Jean Claude Van Damme movie released uh-huh. by Canon Films. And yeah. yeah, I just wanted to correct that because I know all of you guys out there heard me say that and immediately discounted any of my opinions because yeah. I got that wrong. So if it makes you feel listen. better, I discounted most of your opinions a long time ago. <laughs> well, thank you. Perfect, perfect person <laughs> to do a podcast with. <laughs> All right. Um, so why don't we jump into this, Eric? You want to start us off on, let's call it the plot of this movie? Yeah. Uh, okay. And we'll touch on some more of the cast as we go along. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we will get into the recap. Here we go. We start with a hybrid tech commercial. Uh, I said it before, but I really do love fake, like these fake commercials like in uh, Battle Royale or any of them in, in the, uh, RoboCop. The, the master of the fake commercials, Paul Verhoeven, I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So everywhere you look, our diverse line of goods and services make your life safer, more healthy, and more fun. They design everything from smart weapons and video games, dispose of toxic waste, and they make snacks, too. Yeah. Also, all of this is running for reasons that are still unclear to me inside the border of like a dvd menu <laughs> yeah, yeah as if it would air that way right like it's supposed to look kind of like a tv but then it says hybrid on the bottom and it's like yeah it's yeah like, it's hard to explain you should really just watch the movie <laughs> so they were on the front lines of the chernobyl disaster and they're there whenever there's a zombie outbreak so okay uh, and they're exclusive contractor for the EPA and the uh, WHO, the World Health Organization, which I think is very relevant today. Yeah, they're in a little hot water right now, right? Yeah. Um, so right away, we're establishing zombies are a thing that happens in this world. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm on board for that. Yeah, me too. And, th- and I like that there's, there's that kind of Romero-esque escalation 
where it's like now not only like in the first movie where they're like it's a sort of secret underground thing now it's like oh yeah well there have been some zombie outbreaks but we've controlled them all we've controlled them and thanks to hypertech there hasn't been a zombie outbreak in over a decade Mm -hmm. so then we cut to a car driving down the road in chernobyl we're mm-hmm. in Chernobyl. And this is real. These are real exteriors. They actually went and shot in uh, Chernobyl and Pripyat, the the uh, the town surrounding Chernobyl. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, a little dangerous. But apparently, uh, it's like the guys said. It's the, the radiation levels most of the time are no big deal. So, Right. So we got four guys in the car. They got guns. They got a briefcase full of cash. One of them is Peter Coyote, uh, who in this movie um, – he sounds exactly like Liam Neeson. You think so? Yeah, but he like talks. Liam Liam Neeson doing his American accent. Yes, yes, yeah. like in Taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right. I am a man with specific set of skills. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he makes the most inexplicable fucking faces through the entirety of this movie, starting here in this scene. He's grinning like a jack-o'-lantern the entire fucking movie. (laughs) It's insane. So in this internship, uh, Uh when I saw this movie originally, my my, uh, internship director and I were laughing about him the whole time. He goes – we get back to the office. He goes to lunch, is in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And who is there? Fucking Peter Coyote was there. At lunch, yeah, after we had just finished seeing this movie. Uh, Anyway, so – they're listening to this music, which one of the guys is like, do you like this? It's the Russian Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like he references the musician. the and, and I did look up the soundtrack to this, and it is the real musician. Like, Oh, he, really? Yeah, like whatever name he says, it's something Lupina. Hold on. Let me pull this up just in case anybody wants to know who the Russian – Britney Spears is Natalia Was in 2005. Yeah, Natalia Lapina. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. You come to, you come to this podcast for your music recommendations. We got Julian Cole last time. Oh, there are some <laughs> real fucking music recommendations coming your way. Oh my fuck. Yes. Oh god, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh so they pay off a guard at the front gate and boom, they're in. Their Geiger counters going off the charts. Not really. It's it's the level of radiation you get when you get your teeth x-rayed. He mm-hmm. says I'm doing. I'm gonna do a, a horrible Russian accent this entire time. I'm the, sorry. That's fine. Um, so <laughs> he said one of them. I I didn't catch their names. He says, "Would you like to see the place where they made the big boo boo?" <laughs> <laughs> Referring to fucking Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. uh so one of the that's guys. A no. opened, he, it's a hard pass from Peter Coyote. Hard hard pass is no. Let's cut the fifty cent tour. Yeah, by the um, way, isn't it tour isn't it the nickel tour or something? What like I had Yeah. Like yeah. I've never heard of a fifty cent tour before. Just me. Anyways. Only uh fifty cent as he tours the United States of America with his hit brand of rap music. Um one of the guys opens a door. <laughs> Sorry everybody, that was the sound of my headphones hitting my microphone <laughs> as I hung my head in disgust. <laughs> Uh, one of the guys opens a door and shows him the last of the trioxin containers. But it's not two, four, five trioxin anymore. It's just called five trioxin now. Or yeah, trioxin five. I think sometimes they call it. But this is the last of it. And they're keeping it at Chernobyl. And but one of them is knocked over and leaking green goo. 
One of the guys, Nikolai, stands yeah. it back up and he gets it on his hands. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. First thing, and this is the the so in the first five minutes we've had two things where I'm like, wait, that's not right. They changed the name of the gas. It's spelled wrong on the canister. It's spelled with a, a Y instead of an I. So it's right. Like, and then <laughs> green goo is entirely new. Like this is something we've never experienced before. It's always gas. Anyways, please continue. <laughs> Uh, so the army, the U.S. Army, wanted the Russians to get rid of the containers, and they're there for safekeeping, which, okay. <laughs> so they're keeping it Chernobyl. Yeah, uh, in a closet. <laughs> so basically, it's sort of like a, a terrorist arms deal, and Peter Coyote wants all of the barrels um, for his own personal use. So the Russian, the Russian guy he's talking goes back to get Nikolai, and oh shit, Nikolai's a zombie. Yeah. Very he, fast. <laughs> very fast. Like, immediately that green goo turns him into a zombie. He attacks that Russian dude. He bites his head like a chocolate Easter bunny. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got our first dead body. Body count to one. Peter Coyote shoots him. He dies. Okay. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you want to say. Peter Coyote shoots him in the head. Yeah, and the zombie dies. The zombie dies. Right. Um, so yeah, this is one of those things where nobody who made this movie gave a shit about anything that happened in any of the previous movies. Yeah. Um, there are, there is a quote from the director, uh, that's just like, yeah, that was in the script. Uh, apparently people didn't like it. Uh, it was in the script. I didn't have much, uh, choice. It's he it's it's he blames a lot of stuff on the script, but the script kind of uh, was rewritten a million times by a bunch of uh, total strangers, not the original screenwriters. So a lot of people uh, changed a lot of stuff in here. And one of them, I think he was just like, oh, it's more interesting if you can kill the zombies. That's the amount of thought that they put into this. It's just like we're just going to change the rules and the lore of this whole series because if it suits this movie better. Ugh. So um, we got two dead bodies there because one of the other Russian dude has died. Uh, and then we cut to a car driving at night in the moonlight. They swerve to avoid another car, and it rolls over into a ditch in slow-mo. And the couple inside, they're flung into the rain, and they're lying in the ditch. Lightning flashes, and their, their faces turn to skulls. Yeah. It's very mysterious. Yeah. Uh, I guess technically four dead bodies. At that point, sure, body count not? of four? Yeah, let's say four. Sure. Alarm clock rings. It's a dream. Mm-hmm. Or is it a flashback? Or is it a flashback? Julian, our hero of this story, wakes up. <laughs> he goes into the... <laughs> he goes into his <laughs> living room, and yeah. his brother, uh-huh. whose name is Jake, but they call him Pyro, is yeah. making a fucking flamethrower. Yeah, yeah, and he, he just, just he pops it off in the middle of the living room, uh, <laughs> just to threaten his older brother. Um, also, just gonna quickly point out, uh, weirdly, Julian seems like an American teenager. Uh, his little brother has an odd Euro- Eastern European accent. Yeah, and his name is like Alexandru, yeah. like with a U, and a yeah. totally like Russian last name. Yeah, I guess or what? Eastern he's, European. He's, he's Romanian. Romanian. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if mom and dad were still alive, but they're not, are they? So there's a little tension between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they meet. Who's in the living room? <laughs> uncle Charlie, Peter Coyote, from he's, the first scene. He's their uncle, you guys. Yeah. 
I wrote, this looks like shit. <laughs> like, it really, <laughs> it, like, it is shot so artlessly. Is it, it, is it, do you think this was shot on mini DV? No, I actually, I actually think it was probably shot on film and just not lit properly. It just mm. looks like fucking garbage. Oh, yeah. Um, he asked his uncle, how was the conference in Bakerfield? Bakersfield? Uneventful. So we find out that Peter Coyote works for Hybertech because uh, Julian wants him to score tickets to the monster truck rally they're sponsoring. Yeah. This <laughs> is our first hint that Julian is into some pretty extreme shit. He's into some extreme stuff. Yeah. Like monster trucks and other <laughs> stuff. That he, comes goes later. Out the, he goes out of the front door. And this is where we meet Becky, <laughs> who's a, a dork. And we know she's a dork uh-huh. because she, she's riding by on her bike. She waves at Julian and then fucking crashes right into the car. And this is almost, this is shot for shot, just a remake. This is this is just a scene from Wayne's World. <laughs> yes. Is, it's literally just Laura Flynn Boyle's character crashing her bike into a car. The, it's the exact same thing all over again. But yeah. It, I mean, I laughed. I laughed. And she's a dork. And we know she's a dork mm-hmm. because she wears glasses. And she crashed her bike. She's and she class. crashed her bike. But she's, she's also insanely hot. <laughs> you know, like everybody, <laughs> all of the main actors in this movie, other than Peter Coyote, are like CW actors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, real quick, just because we've got them in front of us. So, John Keefe is the guy who plays Julian, sometimes referred to as Jules. Uh, he has, like, six other credits ever besides these this movie. Uh, so this guy is uh, nothing. This is this is his Wikipedia page best known for playing Julian Garrison in Return of the Living Dead Necropolis. Okay. That's all you need to know. Um, this, the, the nerd, uh, what's her name again? Tell me. Becky. Becky. Yeah, nerd Becky has some credits. She's, like... Uh, She's kind of like a bounced around Hollywood for a long time, never really got a foothold, but has done like 40 things. And I've heard of like four of them, you know. Okay. Uh, she was on an episode of The Mentalist. She was on an episode of The Closer, Rizzoli and Isles. This all checks out. Uh, yeah. Las Vegas. Um, yeah. But that's like the extent of it. She's popped up in like, you know, single episodes of a bunch of uh, network shows. So uh, how many bikes is it, was that this month, Becky? I don't know, four? <laughs> she does this a lot. Does this a lot. Yeah. So then we're in Lincoln High School. There are two dudes sparring on the steps. Zeke. <laughs> he's, who somebody says smells like bong water, and he calls Becky Four Eyes. Yeah. And Cody. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, these guys are great. Um so Cody, some people might recognize, played by Corey Hardrick. So this guy, probably most famous for being Tia Maori's husband of Tia and Tamara. Oh, um, I don't know if you knew that. I met him once. I didn't. Realize. No shit. Yeah, really? I, I didn't realize it until I read his biography that I had met this guy. Uh, wow. I, I directed his wife. He and his wife in a in a video once, uh, and it had completely slipped my mind until. Uh, <laughs> Until, wow! Until I read his bio, so uh, we have the six degrees of 
Yeah. Return of the Living, Living Dead Necropolis yeah. right here. They were both very nice. Uh, that's all I really remember. It was a it was a real hack job I did on that one. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bunch of credits. He's in Never Been Kissed, Crazy Beautiful, uh, Grand Torino. He has a sizable role in. Oh, um, so he, he's probably the one they spent other than Peter Coyote. Probably like. He's oh he's a he's a working actor. Like mm, here's the thing though he I think was able to survive this movie and go on to some success. This is his fourth ever credit. Oh, okay. Um, so he wasn't never been kissed in Crazy Beautiful, but they're both pretty small roles. This was his most sizable role to date, and then I think he he managed to put together a bit of a career after that. Um, uh, let me just say one more thing. The other guy here. Zeke uh, is one of my favorite actors in this movie. Uh, <laughs> he's not really an actor. Um, so he, this is one of our not actually uh, American, you know, actors. I don't know if you were able to. Did Let me ask you honestly. Could you tell that this guy was was European? No, I guess I couldn't. I mean, he talks in a very strange yeah. way. But his accent isn't egregious. Yeah, he does the most convincing job, I think. And part of that is, is so he's German, and he was, I think, technically born in the States, but he grew up in Germany. So, like, he English is his first language. However, okay. he's, he's a German citizen. Uh, and my... <laughs> My favorite thing is he he never does an Eastern European accent, but if you have an ear for this sort of thing, his American accent kind of switches dialects gently over the course of the movie, <laughs> uh, which I'll touch on later on. Um, but anyways, he is more of a musician, and he now hosts like one of these crazy like music competition shows in Germany. Really? Yeah, that's his main thing, and like he barely did any acting. He is first and foremost about music. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you can tell, especially with the music selection yeah. in this movie. Yeah, that's Elvin Dandel. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to believe um, that he had a hand in in helping pick out the, the songs for the soundtrack. This, yeah, he was a music supervisor as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we meet a Paris Hilton looking girl named Mimi Romero, the only di- one named after a famous director, yeah. as far as I can tell. Everybody loves a thirty five year old cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> she asks if they're going to be at her gymnastics meet today, and Cody says, "I bet you look real good bent over that parallel bar." Jesus, I wrote. <laughs> but then, every, but then, nodded in agreement. Every, <laughs> hey, everything was happening so fast. Yeah, so fast and furiously during this movie, I had to pause it like mm-hmm. constantly in order to write notes because they're just talking a yep. mile a minute. Mm-hmm. Crazy lines are getting throw, thrown around left and right. It's just like a real tour de force. <laughs> um, so, uh. Cody, okay, I was confused about this point. Maybe okay. you can help yeah, clarify. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for you. Cody got into a college and he's bragging about it, and then this long-haired brooding dude is upset and walks away. I guess maybe this is before. Was that Julian who gets upset that he got into a, a college? I or is so, that another character? I don't know. I really okay. don't know. It and doesn't also, come up like, again, so it doesn't really matter. But. I thought they were in college. No, they're in high school. It's a Lincoln High School. <laughs> This is they're high school students. I know. And it's like Oh my god. 
this is real teen drama shit. Right. Also, there's Katie. Katie's there as well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> She's a right. dark-haired girl. She's the most successful out of everyone in this cast. I won't bore you with her credits, but she was like on. Uh, she's like a musician and an actor. She was on uh, what's the dance Dancing with the Stars and shit. Oh no, yeah. shit! Really, Jana Kramer. Go look her up. She's she had a real career. <laughs> she's beautiful. Yeah. Um, she works at Hybrid Tech. We learned this in the classroom. Uh, the teacher, who's clearly Eastern European, uh, is going on and on about Hybertech. Uh-huh. Like they make everything from processed cheese to napalm. <laughs> a, a very unfortunate part of the scientific process is failure. You can't break an omelet. You can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. <laughs> and Julian gets really upset. Yeah. Because of his parents, apparently, and storms out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this alludes to that his parents died in a car wreck because of Hybertech. Yeah. So a lot of deep shit happening. Like, it, l- listen, guys, if you're not paying attention to the subtext in this movie, you're going to miss something. It'll blow right past you. Mm-hmm. My, note na- my next note is, holy shit, this acting is bad. Uh, <laughs> my next note is, these girls are walking down the hallway, I think, and they're talking about their plans for the weekend mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And one of them says to the other one, Leo's new movie's out. We gotta see it. And all I wrote was, fucking nobody talks like this. There is I not, know. There isn't a single person who ever <laughs> said, Leo's got a new movie. We've gotta see it. I know. Yeah, I wrote, she, she wants to see the new Leo movie. Uh, so Katie cut, tries to comfort Julian, and then Zeke rolls up on them. Mm-hmm. Katie and Zeke broke up, right? They had just broken up. Okay. And he says, well, 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 what have we here? He just broke up with, with Katie. And <laughs> Julian says, strictly hands off, bro. <laughs> Zeke, I wouldn't do that. She's just my friend. You wouldn't. And then Zeke says, you wouldn't because that's what best buds do. I mean, I can think of a dozen times when I passed up on primo tail so that you can get a little something something. Whew. Yeah, it's great stuff. Um, this movie uh, really likes to tell us that Zeke is Julian's best friend, even yeah. though he's <laughs> just a huge prick to him and everyone else the entire time. Uh-huh. But but the movie's like, no, they're best friends. He's his best friend. He's They're really close. They're best friends. And I'm like, okay, all right, if you say so. <laughs> there is There is one thing that they have in common that they both love. Stealing six packs of beers? Because that's what their plan is for the for that night. It's like, let's steal a six pack of beer. How does that sound? Then everything's all good. Yeah, that's all it takes to patch things up. Yeah, but you know, uh, Katie Zeke, uh, <laughs> this is this is. Uh, I just want to mark this point in the movie because this is like a recurring plot point that is never. <laughs> this movie's gonna break my fucking brain. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Like trying uh, trying to talk about this and make sense is mm-hmm. this is a Herculean tr- challenge. Um but yeah, they apparently we are suppo- I don't know if they want us to believe that that Julian is actually flirting with her or is it just in Zeke's head? Um I don't I know. I think there, there's definitely up. some chemistry between the two. It's electrifying. <laughs> Um, but I think Zeke's also being paranoid, but I think Julian does have a thing for Katie. You think so? Okay. I think so. All right. Well, let's see where it takes us. So it takes us to Hybertech. I wrote Peter Coyote in a lab coat. I know. I know. It's serious. 
We see Peter Coyote in a lab coat. Um, there's a severed arm in a tank, uh-huh. and he pumps in some sweet, sweet trioxin. Yeah. And you know that motherfucker's going to start moving. Right. Uh, and it's just to set the stage for anybody who didn't get a chance to watch this. So it's just like uh, an HVAC hose duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> To an upside-down fish tank. And when he starts pumping the gas in, there's just visible gas leaking from the seams (laughs) of the hose into the room. (laughs) Never touched upon. Peter Coyote is fine. It's just like, it's, it's literally just like, oh, yeah, there's holes in the duct tape where they taped this thing to the tank. Um, It tries to grab him. He says, all hands on deck. Um, so then Julian comes home. He has an answering machine. He's got a message. Mm-hmm. Uncle Charlie's working late. His brother Jake, a.k.a. Pyro, surprises him. Um, <laughs> and he says, Julian says, you scared the shit out of me. And, and Jake says, well, you should look into that. <laughs> in, a, in an Eastern European accent. Great, great. Oh, my God. Here we go. This is where the movie – this is where I was like, okay, I'm yeah. on board. Yeah. Is this is is this is it is it motocross time? Uh-huh. It's fucking <laughs> dirt bikes, baby. We got new metal blasts. Oh, yeah. Julian and his crew absolutely tear it up. Yeah, we got some Power Man 5000 blasting <laughs> on the soundtrack. <laughs> And I, I wrote, it must feel nice to have such good bro friends and just really <laughs> let her rip on those puppies. Fuck yeah. There ain't, no, there ain't nothing but heroes and villains. More villains than heroes. That's what the song says, at least. Then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Zeke does a sweet jump. Uh, my next note is, these dudes look 34. <laughs> <laughs> but then Pyro is there too, right? Is Or is it I, another I know, little maybe. kid? There's another, there's like... There's a couple of people who just, like, appear yeah. and then are killed eventually that I'm like, I don't know who they are. I didn't get their fucking names. One of the motocross kids is, like, 12, and the rest of them are, are 32. <laughs> that reminds me of, like, I definitely, when uh, I was a teenage dirtbag and, like, smoking weed when I was 14 with, like, my friends – there would be like a random guy who was like fucking twenty, just yeah. hanging out with us, smoking weed. Like, what's going on with that guy? Like, why is this twelve-year-old hanging out with this dirt bike guys? Yeah, so, so it's either it's either Jules' brother or it's just a strange twelve-year-old uh, Romanian. So Zeke does that sweet jump, and then he pulls his, his helmet off and he says, "I want to see Chucklehead do it to Julian." Yeah, again, <laughs> calling him best Chucklehead, buds, best buds. Yeah. Um. So Julian's nervous to take the jump, but his friends cheer him on. He goes for it, but he bails at the last second, and everyone's disappointed. Mm-hmm. And Zeke says, damn, where's your head at these days, boy? Lead, follow, or get out of the way. So Zeke lines it up, takes the jump, and fucking wipes out. It looks so dumb. <laughs> he just, like, gently lays yeah, it down. he just down. lays his bike down <laughs> and, like, kind of puts his head down. And it's like, he's out! Yeah, oh shit, he's knocked out. Yeah. So Coyote is back at the lab late one night. He pumps gas into his dead this dead punk's chamber, which is kind of the only thing now com- like connecting yeah. this movie mm-hmm. to the first movie. This guy is a mohawk. Yeah. Uh he gets reanimated and he says, Good boy, supper time, and he pulls a chain and these 
brains drop in there and he starts tearing them up. Yeah. Like, okay, I guess they like brains still. Uh-huh. Yeah. They don't ever really ask for brains except for like maybe once in the movie, but yeah yeah i also have a note here not to beat a dead horse but it just says in all caps what are these fucking faces that peter coyote keeps making (laughs) (laughs) it is like he had a stroke and then was still like under contract and had to perform in this movie because he's not always grinning it's like sometimes it's like he looks like um it's like it's like a dog who's got a piece of meat in his mouth it's going like (laughs) you know that like yeah yeah um but he's not making any noise. He's just doing that. Mute. Like your dog has something in its mouth that you need to get out of there and it won't let you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's pretty much, I think that's what he's doing. So we follow the pipe from the chamber into a tunnel with a homeless, we've, next to a homeless man singing, I've been working on the railroad. All wrong. All the lyrics are wrong. His name is Krusty. His real name is Boris Petrov. Uh, <laughs> and his friend Joey is roasting a giant rat. <laughs> yeah, it, I thought it was a possum maybe at first because it's unrealistically large. But It's hey, huge. Maybe it is a possum. I think if you're going to make your way through this movie, you might want to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Uh, sure. Uh, just in time for dinner, eh? They do some bits. They have fun. They have fun down there. Yeah, these guys you have know, a like, lot of history. Life may have helped, uh, dealt them a bad hand, but, you know, they make the best of it. <laughs> Uh, an ambulance takes Zeke away, who is still fucking unconscious. Like, that would be so bad if <laughs> yeah. he was knocked out for, yeah. like, He's 45 minutes. He's basically in a fucking coma. Yeah. yeah. From laying his bike down going 15 <laughs> miles an hour. Uh, so, uh, okay. So then Julian's phone rings. It's Katie. She's looking for him, but he tells her about Zeke. Then the phone in her office rings. So we get now that she is a security guard at yeah. Hybertech. Well, everybody knows that classic trope of the high school girl who yeah. <laughs> works eight-hour night shifts at uh, at yeah high-tech scientific <laughs> facilities as a security guard. It's it's uh, it's only natural. Uh, back to the hobos. The gas starts leaking. Uh, onto the rat. Oof. Yeah. And Joey goes to sleep. <laughs> in the hospital, Julian asks to see Zeke and the nurse in a thick Russian accent. Has a thick Russian accent. Zeke's checked out. We don't see his name. Then he's like, wait, check again. His name is Zeke so-and-so. So she calls in and he's like, oh, he was admitted. Someone will be right with you. Something's mm. happening yeah. with Zeke here. It smells fishy. Yeah. Uh, the hobo, Krusty, is trying to eat the rat. It comes alive and tears his fucking throat out. <laughs> Dead body count up to five. Yeah. And then also because Joey passed away in his sleep, dead body count up to six because <laughs> he gets up and eats crusty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's going to hell for the hobos now. Um, the doctor talking to Julian also has a thick accent. <laughs> well, it hasn't he- shaved in a couple days either. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure this guy was not an actor. This is probably like one of the cab drivers that dropped somebody off at the yeah. set that day. Here, puts on lab coat. <laughs> uh, Zeke had an unexplained reaction, he explained, to some painkillers and per- was pronounced dead on arrival. Holy shit. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's no good. But wait. Back at Hybertech in the security office, Katie sees Zeke being wheeled in in a wheelchair. 
So she calls Julian, and uh, Katie says, I found out that – oh, he, he tells Katie, I found out that Zeke's dead. She's like, what are you talking about? That's why I called you. They brought him into hypertech. <sighs> Hard cut to we got a hacker moment, baby. Yeah. Um, and this is a point in the movie where – okay, so we have <laughs> – a la Power Rangers, just six teens who are actually all 30 years old uh, yep. in uh, ridiculous outfits, huddled around one computer, uh, yep. like, as I wrote, like a scene out of Power Rangers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to stop the movie and text you. Yep. And I believe I said, did I miss a scene <laughs> in between? <laughs> Uh, what the last scene in this one? There is zero connective tissue. This no. is it is a complete non sequitur of a scene. They reference a conversation that Julian has had with his uncle Charlie twice in this movie that happened before this scene. <laughs> that yeah did not make it into the final cut of the film. Um, so I was like I couldn't. I it took me probably 15 minutes until I had gathered enough information that I could retroactively understand how we got to this scene that is currently unfolding. So Cody's looking on the internet at the Hybertech website and he's trying to find any information he can. They say, try research because there's a research tab on the side. Uh, there's no access though. Yeah. Uh, and where are they by the way? I don't know. They're just in someone's house. They're just in but a barren room. Also, why would they? Why would research be on the website if there's no access? Right. It's, uh, um. So then he pops in this. Oh my god, I love this. I love this. He pops in a CD into the CD-ROM, and it's suddenly an MS DOS. <laughs> <laughs> and he hacks his way in to get the password. Mm -hmm. Bingo. And then one of the things that they see is what's a necropolis. Hmm. Great question. Yeah. Um, they check. They check out the new subjects to see who's been admitted, and they see Zeke's name. He's there. Someone's over there, and he's. They're using him as a guinea pig. So they come to a lot of conclusions in a very <laughs> short amount of time. Yeah. Kind of figure it all out. Right. It's a bit there. magical. Yeah. Uh, we gotta go get him. And then there's a third guy with long hair. I don't know who the fuck he is. Uh, uh, I don't, I'll tell you, he's got a Romanian accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, we got the heist moment. So Cody has a printout of the map of Hybertech. He's making fake ID cards with Katie's, like, her ID yeah. cards. He, 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 takes, he takes Katie's ID card. He uses, like, an inkjet printout of yeah. his face. <laughs> it like glues it, out, it on. He glues it on. Doesn't change the name, so it still says Katie. <laughs> New metal is blaring. Oh yeah, everybody's Julie gearing up. Oh, they're gearing up. Julian gets a rope. Becky gets a taser. Another dude gets the dirt bike ready. Who I wrote? Who are these fucking people? There's suddenly so many people. And then that great song, I, I stand alone. Yeah, that's, <laughs> they write, um, uh, who is that? That's fucking, um, I don't know, Stained God, or something? Godsmack. It's Godsmack. Oh, okay. This is a, I, I know this song. I mean, this is. Oh, uh, yeah. I was surprised that they could afford it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and this, just to be clear, this song is playing while everyone is driving 
uh, weaving dangerously in and out of each other. They're just on an abandoned road on six motocross bikes. Yep. It's literally just like, I mean, it's it, this is it's like eastbound and down. It's like fucking Kenny Powers <laughs> on his jet ski. It's just fucking. <laughs> It's six, it, six people just like fucking blasting like new metal butt rock. <laughs> oh, it rips so hard. Yeah. Um, Zeke wakes up. He's tied to his bed. Okay. So our crew of boys arrive at Hybertech. Arrive at Hybertech. Uh, they dirt bike through some tunnels uh, in the security office. Oh, my God. We meet Hector. <laughs> Uh, with so his thick ca- ass accent. Yeah, in case anybody is wondering, Hector is Romanian, <laughs> playing oh, playing Latino. Say. Though, <laughs> yeah. So why are you working tonight? He asks in his thick accent. She says, "Katie says, just trying to rack up a little OT, save up for Christmas." Now your <laughs> now your text makes sense. Oh, Christmas is cool, <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> Oh yeah, Christmas is cool. <laughs> so the other night, yet last night, Mike texted me, "Christmas is cool," and I was like, I looked, at, I had to look at the characters' names. Like, is there someone named Christmas that I missed? Oh yeah. Uh, now you get so it. She, she disarms the cameras so our heroes can sneak inside. The dirt bike boys pass Krusty Zom, the Krusty Zombie, the hobo yeah. named Krusty. Cody wipes out. Can I? Cart- I just, I'm, I'm going to cut you off again. I hate to no, do please, this. No, please. I know we got to make. A, we got a lot of progress to make, but I just I want to paint a picture for people. So like the level of uh, filmmaking craftsmanship and like editing that is happening right now is so so it's like everybody is just riding their bikes through the underground of this like giant office building or whatever, and right. then. We just cut to a close-up of Krusty's face, and he growls. And then we cut back to a dirt bike wiping out. Right, right, yeah. They they never even put these – like, these scenes were – they were shot on different days, I assume. There's Um, no sense that they're in the same space. Yeah. There's no continuity between anything. The flow is absolutely and like the editing. Like I don't know. Maybe the maybe the you know director and the DP fucked the editor. But like there's more than one fucking scene just straight up missing from this movie. Yeah. Like we've touched on one already, and there's definitely at least one more before we get to the end. It is so disorienting. It is. Uh, so then Carlos, I don't know who the fuck he is. He's got he a pulls, gun. He pulls a gun. <laughs> And he shoots Krusty in the heart, and he doesn't die. So he shoots him in the head. Bam. The, uh, he dies. <laughs> Dead blood flies, I wrote. I don't know what that means. Uh, so then Joey. What the fuck? Oh, 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 sorry. So then Joey, the other homeless man, is a zombie. He right. comes out. And then Cody pulls out fucking nunchucks. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, he's not good with them, to be clear. No, no, it's not like, hey, you know, actually, I have this skill. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually really good with nunchucks, yeah. so if, like, you want to work that into a scene, he, and he that looks, might be cool. And he straight up tells, wait, is Cody Afro Ninja? <laughs> Mike, I don't know what you mean by that. Okay. Clarify. Uh, well, okay, everybody pause the podcast and go Google Afro Ninja. No, I'm kidding. And then come back. <laughs> um. But then Carlos shoots Joey, the zombie, in the head. 
<clears throat> Back in the security office, this is something else. <laughs> Cody tells Hector she's taking a break, and he yeah. says, oh, get me a chocolate milk. <laughs> And then he checks her ass out as she leaves. And he's real gross about it. Yeah. Do you know what he says? Did you write it down? Uh, Does he say, nice pooper? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's a... Go ahead. I I heard my grandpa say that once, and it's fucking... (laughs) It scarred the shit out of me, man. Nice pooper. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. This is about when my wife bailed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she was like what did he say and I'm like nice nice pooper <laughs> she was like uh, went to go read a book in the bedroom <laughs> she, she loves you a little bit less <laughs> so there's a knock on the door it's Mimi Romero oh yeah she, she's ne- in a no no go ahead go ahead she's in a hot pink mini skirt and she says to him <laughs> You ever get it on with a triple-jointed gymnast? No, he sa- she says triple-jointed Sagittarian gymnast. Oh, really? I missed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've never met before, to be clear. No. Um, she, and she just kind of beckons him, and he follows her out. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> triple. I'm just going to say one more time. Triple-jointed Sagittarian gymnast. Uh, uh. Yeah. 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 This movie rules. <laughs> triple, uh, okay. You can't be triple jointed. All right, moving no, on. No, it's not a thing. <laughs> uh, okay. The dirt bike boys are at our door. Katie directs them in through the facility uh, to a ventilation room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but one of the vents is already open. So confusing. So confusing. She's like, Katie, which duct is it? And, um, on, she clicks on her like computer and goes to a complete map of the air vent system <laughs> under the air vent system selection tab. Yeah. And she's like, we're looking for the red one, but the blue is already open, and it smells like burnt hot dogs. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna, cool. and then they're like, we're gonna put the, they, like, we're gonna put the vent cover back on. Yeah, and they do, <laughs> never to be mentioned again. It has no, no I, bearing on anything. No, I guess maybe. I guess maybe the ex- explanation is coming up. <clears throat> it so in the vents, up. Katie guys them through. Something crawls by. And then Carlos just fucking starts shooting. Yeah. It's like the scene in Alien where like an alien like rushes by in the vent system. And he just mm-hmm. – but instead of like ex- at, like calling out, he just starts shooting. Yeah. But it's Julian's brother, Pyro. So yeah. was, he, did, was he the one who smelled like burnt hot dogs? Yeah, because he's a Pyro. But let me ask you this, because, like, I was having trouble keeping track of what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Um, maybe you know the answer to this. Maybe there is no answer. Why is he here? I don't know. Do they? He, followed, he just followed them, I guess. But he got there first. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What, why and how is he in the vents of the fucking uh, yeah, tech? Yeah, holy shit, I didn't think of that. Why is he already there? <laughs> no one knows. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. they, they emerge in a room full of assault rifles. <laughs> it's just an... And, like, this is the first of, like, six sets that are just maybe the same empty office 
like suite. Like redressed. <laughs> Just yeah. redressed. And it's like, oh, it's an armory. But what it is is it is an office building with white walls with just a bunch of plastic guns hung on the wall. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, the dirt bike gang is in Peter Coyote's lab, and Uncle Charles, Peter Coyote himself, busts him. <laughs> Carlos pulls a fucking gun on him. He's just so trigger happy. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're looking for Zeke. Everyone's terrible. Uncle Charles brings them into the maximum security section. Um, oh, this is good. This is real good stuff. They have to walk. He's like, he warns me. I have to walk right down the middle because the on either side, they're really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And Becky immediately strays and opens a hatch and a zombie tries to bite her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, she doesn't even try to walk in the middle. She just immediately yep. goes over and opens this hatch on the door. Well, she's a klutz, remember? That's true. Yeah. Uh, but Zeke is in minimum security. Uh, the zombies, I wrote, they look all right. They're not bad looking. They've looked like shit up to this point. Um, yeah. But yeah, these zombies are fine, I guess. <laughs> so Zeke's Zeke's in a cage. He's like, get me out of here. And just in case you didn't notice, your uncle sucks. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Char- Uncle Charles doesn't have access to let him out. Uh, so Carlos says, I got your fucking access. And he shoots the lock, which sets <laughs> off an alarm. <laughs> Yeah. Get Zeke out, though. Um, so I wrote, I, I don't know why I wrote this, but I wrote, where's Cody? Hey, guys, you got to see this. Oh, okay. Cody had gone off on his own, and he calls to them. He said, you got to see this. It's a room full of zombie fetuses. Yeah. Yeah. Julian calls it, It's. he says, it's a nursery. Mm-hmm. This, is, this was the only part of this movie... I mean, that's not true. There are lots of parts of this movie that were... I don't know if cool is the right word, but this looks cool. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It's an interesting idea. For some reason, the zombie fetuses have no noses. So yeah. they're, like, just rotting in well, there. Well, because they're zombies, right? So I guess, like but what... skull-based. Yeah, I guess. So were they babies that they're growing in this lab, or were they babies that they've turned into zombies? I think they're growing zombie babies. Like, I okay. I think my theory is that they have engineered some sort of hybrid human zombie for, at the genomic level, right? And this is and this is a nursery where they like raise them up. But what is a zombie if not just a dead person reanimated? So they created life that's already alive but dead you know what eric they spent so much time wondering (laughs) if they could they never stopped to ask if they should great point great point so uncle uh, uncle coyote (laughs) uncle cracker he explains we're going to phase out human subjects and replace them with clones okay so they're clones uh and julian said this is great i I, i'm gonna stop doing that but this is there's so many great lines no it is great Julian, what is all this for? Peter Coyote says, isn't it obvious? World domination. What's everything ultimately for? <laughs> so they want to take over the world with these yeah. zombie clones. Yeah. Also, just like, I want to point out at this point, like, whatever his role is in all of this, uh, this is supposed to be like a massive facility with all these levels and all of these trapped zombies and all these people. And we never see another soul 
no who works on yeah. any of this stuff we see two security guards and katie and yeah. that's it this place is fucking empty great point uh somebody says ask him what happened to your folks jewels i bet he knows that's a real fucking leap in logic yeah, yeah <laughs> and it's uh, isn't it carlos isn't Must it like be, it's uh, like probably. some it's somebody who like who is not that close to him seemingly yeah, yeah. and it's just like <laughs> it's not like, Zeke and it's not Cody yeah and it's like wait have you ever met this guy before like how do you know what do his fucking parents have to do with anything like, I know but he's right <laughs> he's right uh, Jules Jules like do you know what happened Uncle Charlie and finally he admits it his parents are here. They're down in the North Tower bioweapons section. Carlos has such an itchy trigger finger. He <laughs> offers to shoot Uncle Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But instead, they lock him in with the fetuses. Uh, so they get to a keypad. It's locked. And Carlos just fucking shoots the keypad and it yeah. opens. I mean, it worked once. Why wouldn't yeah. it work again? Yeah. Uh, the alarm goes off. Uh Right after Katie had previously just disarmed the the last alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh-oh, she can't get the code in right. She presses all the wrong buttons. And now all the zombies are released from their cages. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Um, a security guard shoots them in the gut. And, like, doesn't he know? He works with zombies. Doesn't he know that that wouldn't kill them? Uh, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Um, he gets his guts torn out, which brings the body count up to seven. Another one uh, gets his head torn off. Mm-hmm. Body count's up to eight. That looks pretty good. The head tearing is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, our heroes get stuck at an elevator in the minimum security section. A zombie comes behind them, behind them and bites just one of them. I'm not sure which one. Bites him in the head. Body like, count goes up to nine. And, like, like, this is the point at which I was like, why is everyone in this movie keep getting – they like they they clearly did like one head bite special effects packet that they yeah. just keep reusing because everyone gets bitten in the same spot, same spot, right yep. in the back of the head, and it's the same effect every time. Uh, the lobby's now overrun with zombies. The whole place is fucking overwhelmed. Katie gets a call, and it's a security, it's a zombie calling into the security office saying, "Send more security guards." What was the call? <laughs> Did I miss something? Yeah, I mean, the guy calls her. First, it's a real security guy calling her from, like, the main lobby. And, like, they have some sort of exchange, and it's implied that in the past he has, like, sexually harassed her multiple times. Oh, my God. Did I not write? I didn't write that down. Oh, my God. And then he gets bitten by a zombie and and starts groaning and moaning, and she thinks he's jerking off. I'm sorry. I did miss that. Oh, I missed a whole paragraph. They grab guns from the armory, and, yeah, a security guard calls Katie and and sexually harasses him. (laughs) I forgot. Yeah, and then gets eaten halfway through, and she thinks he's busting a load in his pants. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like, yeah, between this guy and Hector, she is in a hostile work environment. <laughs> she really is. Uh, so the body count's up to 10. Uh, the, then the uh, lobby's overrun, and a zombie says, send more security guards. Mm-hmm. Nice <sighs> nice job, guys. You've now successfully uh, tied this movie into the rest of the series. It's like, <laughs> like this is literally like a barrel, and this this line are like the most like the strongest threads tying this back to the other movies. 
Um, she finally notices all the zombies on the monitor, and our heroes, the dirt bike boys, are in the ventilation system. Mm-hmm. And then a zombie reaches up, pulls them down. They shoot it in the head, and uh, Julian says, "We're gonna get out of here, but first, I need to find my parents." <laughs> Cody and Carlos are with him. They got his back. It's not a great idea. but It's not a great idea. No. No. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got a whole other 40 minutes to this movie. <laughs> there were there were several times when I, when I, like, looked at the time left. I'm like, how yeah. the fuck is there 20 minutes left? Well, I mean, I... <laughs> It's funny thinking about that. Like something I forgot to mention in the pre-production conversation, which is worth tossing out now, is this movie and Rave to the Grave both originally premiered on the Sci-Fi Network. Right. Um, so these versions that Eric and I watched are the R-rated versions where there was footage added back in um, that had been censored from the TV version. But it's I like, can't imagine watching that TV version. I mean... It's just, it's funny to think how much of this stuff feels, I mean, it feels like the filler that it is, but then at the same time, it's like, wait, there are multiple scenes missing from this movie. Mm-hmm. What was the shorter <clears throat> fucking TV version like? Like, I know, with no, like, with no swears or anything? Yeah. Man. Um, in the, in yeah. the vents, Zeke, Becky, and Pyro, and the others find a parking lot. And uh, I think we just found our ticket out of here. Oh, I had missed. Zeke had gotten bit by a zombie at the elevator. Yeah, that's somewhat meaningful. Zeke gets a big bite taken out of his neck. Uh, Katie runs into Mimi and Hector. (laughs) And they're fucking, they're just cool. Like, Like, don't worry. Oh, God. No, they fucked. Like. Yeah. Oh, they fucked. It wasn't. Mimi's like come hither thing like I just assume it's like we got to get him out of the room for a second she's gonna and lock him, him in a on. closet or something yeah. yeah no she fucked him she's fucked him <laughs> and they like each other yeah and she says don't worry I told him everything turns out he doesn't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah. and I wrote holy fucking shit I love this it turned, <laughs> that is such a good line turns out he doesn't care <laughs> yeah uh so then they break into where the keys are. Zeke's starting to turn into a zombie. Mm-hmm. Katie, Hector, and Mimi get ambushed by zombies. They kill Hector and Mimi. Yeah. Gone too soon. Body count goes up to 12. Yeah. Mimi was never naked, sadly. Yeah, there's no nudity in this movie. Yeah. Is there? No. Nope. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a little teaser. I believe that we will get some nudity back in Rape to the Grave. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so apologies Cody, to everyone who had to listen to that exchange. <laughs> Apparently now you can just shoot a zombie in the chest and it dies. Yeah, they start going down easier and easier as this movie goes on. Because Cody shoots one in the chest, it just fucking dies. Mm-hmm. They're in the North Tower. Zombies are coming down the stairwell. New metal's blasting. <laughs> we're Cody back, and Carlos we're back to Power just, Man five thousand again. Yeah, Cody and Carlos just shoot the fuck out of them. And zombies, like, all right, first in the f- the first part of the movie, they shot him in the head. They go down. Okay, mm-hmm. that's breaking the rules. Now they just shoot him anywhere. Yeah. And they fucking die. Mm-hmm. Totally breaking every rule. That's what I like about this movie. I'm not afraid <laughs> to break rules. That's right. Uh, they run out of ammo, but oh shit, there's more zombies. Julian pumps his shotgun. Ah, uh, fuck, he's out too. 
it's game time. Then we get a fucking kung fu scene where they're just fucking punching zombies. Yeah. Uh, Cody breaks a zombie's neck. It's awesome. It is. <laughs> Kills it, him. It's like it's all of a sudden we're just in like a different movie where these guys are like trained soldiers. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Can you imagine going behind someone and just snapping their neck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, but that's wow. neither oh, here yeah. nor there. <laughs> Um, but oh shit, Carlos gets grabbed by a zombie and it bites his head. Same spot as everybody else. Same spot as everybody else. Body counts up to 13. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then Peter Coyote runs into some zombies in the hallways and he kills them by shooting them in the chest. All rules out the window. In the parking lot, Becky, Zeke, and Pyro find a car. But get this, there's zombies everywhere. <laughs> Zeke blows them away with his gun. They get into a Hummer. <laughs> I think it's a Hummer. It's something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. A zombie punches a window and grabs Pyro. Uh, and he gra- He's trying to get his flamethrower to shoot him. Becky can't get a clear shot, so she asks Zeke to help. He cranks He cranks the radio and new metal blares, and he just starts doing air guitar. He's playing a little solo. <laughs> yeah, he's rocking out. Yeah. His, is- his musical expertise is really coming into it. Yeah, so we're getting some more new mythology here, which is apparently when you're turning into a zombie, you become uh, a tool. <laughs> <laughs> Becky tases Pyro, and the current runs through him and into the zombie. Yeah. And she peels out of that place and runs over a zombie's head. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. This is not the last time that Becky's going to do a really shitty job of taking care of Pyro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the most shocking moments, I guess. Uh, Zeke's head feels like it's on fire. He's turning. Oh, Becky. Pretty Becky. He starts, like, hitting on her kind of, like, in that sexual mm-hmm. way that, like, in the previous movies when they're yeah. turning. Mm-hmm. And she says, shut up, skank. <laughs> Um, and then he says, you're so beautiful. You know what I'd like to do to you? And Pyro just says, shut up, man. <laughs> Pyro's woke. Yeah, seriously. And he's like, eat your fucking brain. She tries to shoot him, but the safety's still on on her gun. And she lightly hits a parked car. And it fucking explodes. <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, my note here says, excited for the return of the low speed car crash. <laughs> we had in, in, in uh, one and two, where it was missing in three. We've got a, we've got now our third, um, like, we're going 20 miles an hour and we crashed into something yeah. that wasn't moving. <laughs> it was a fender bender and yeah. it just fucking explodes. Um, I wrote, I guess Zeke. Just technically died. Body count up to 14. Yeah. There's a question mark next to that one. Sure. Uh, Julian finds the bioweapons lab, which has bioweapons lab written on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it may just be an office in a yeah. Romanian office building. I'm not positive. Yeah. It's very similar to most Romanian offices I've been in. Um, <laughs> also, yeah. it looks exactly like the other three rooms they've been in. <laughs> And holy shit, Julian's parents are ultra zombies. Yeah, they're the Borg, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they look like the Borg. Yeah. The dad has fucking chain guns for arms, mm-hmm. mini guns. <laughs> and he says, Dad, Mom, I'm yeah. not going to leave them here. They're my parents. 
<sighs> yeah, the mom is more. She's got like a weird. She's like a half-assed Cenobite almost. She's got yeah, because she's got a circular saw for one hand and like just and like a, a machete for another. Yeah, just like a shitty knife hand. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty. So they're they're making Uber soldiers here, and uh, what better way? What better man to fight a war than a man whose mission is to destroy all he sees? Whew. And just um, to be clear, there aren't a bunch of them. It's literally just just his parents. His parents. Yeah, there's yeah. just two tubes with his parents in them. So w- were his parents in like such great physical shape that's like, oh, we got to use these two. I assume, My- or or just Uncle Coyote. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, was like chomping at the bit to take over. Uh, caretaking for two teenagers <laughs> wanted to get yeah. the I always wanted to be a dad <laughs> uh, they leave of course they're surrounded by zombies uh-huh. uh, Peter Coyote he lets the parents free yeah so then they're in seems, the mix now seems like a questionable decision he's just like yeah, yeah I'm gonna let them out for no real reason at this point, I wrote, oh, my God, there's 20 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> Cody and Julian rappel <laughs> off the side of the building. All right. <laughs> let's pause for a second. Yeah. All right. Just a quick question. I got a couple questions for you, Eric. Um, yep. Do you recall any point in the movie previous to this where we've established that Cody and Julian know how to mountain climb or rappel? No, that's a no for okay. me. Okay. Do do they ever mention their plans to repel from the top of a building? No, not that I can recall. Do you ever see any equipment that they're carrying that one might use to repel down a building? Well, technically, Julian does grab rope in the garage. Okay, there's a rope. He grabs a rope. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough, fair enough. Uh, one more question, Eric. Is mm-hmm. there any scene or even piece of dialogue that serves as the uh, thinnest piece of connective tissue between the two of them running up the stairs in an office building to a smash cut <laughs> of them rappelling down an office building? Uh, that's a no, Michael, no. Okay, they fair don't. enough. Please proceed. <laughs> Uh, Becky wakes up in her crashed car, shoots a zombie. Yeah. Also, uh, not to interrupt, but just to be clear, I don't know if you guys missed this, but uh, Cody and Julian just repelled all the way down the side of an office building. Yeah. Oh, they see zombie Mimi and Hector, too. So oh, yeah, at, yeah. at the bottom. After they repelled down an office building. Uh, Julian has a real struggle shooting Mimi, but it's all moot because the gun's empty. But here's Katie to the rescue. She puts, here's the Hummer. She hits yeah. them with a Hummer and saves our sweet, sweet boys. Yeah. Makes them, they jump into the Hummer. They drive off. Mm-hmm. And all is well. Nope. Pyro and Becky are shooting and flamethrowing zombies. And then Zeke fucking kills Pyro. Holy yeah. shit. And it's like, yeah. Kate, what's her name? Julie? Is that her name? Uh, Becky? Becky. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Becky and Pyro, like, Pyro's doing a lot of heavy, like, like, he's like, she's shooting everybody with a machine gun, and he's just sort of, like, playfully blasting off his flamethrower. Yeah. Never hits anything with it. Um, and, like, they're just standing there sort of celebrating, not paying any attention to anything, and then, yeah, Zeke comes out of the darkness, takes a big chomp out of Pyro's head. 
Uh, and I just uh, once again, I was questioning uh, the sort of level of caretaking that was that was happening for this preteen boy. <laughs> this kid didn't have a chance in hell. No, his parents are dead. His uncle's a shithead. His brother doesn't give a fuck. He's yeah. he's a, a, a fire bug. <laughs> yeah. oh, he does very unceremoniously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then body counts now up to 15 with pyro included <laughs> Becky torches Zeke with pyro's flamethrower Katie Cody and Julian arrive and save Becky and oh shit the fucking dad comes out and starts shooting his chain gun arms at the Hummer yeah yeah there was one really quick scene well the scene we just went through also like in case you're wondering, there are four seconds of the movie where Jules registers that his brother is dead and screams, yeah, yeah, yeah. screams <laughs> what happened? Yeah. She goes, Zeke went crazy and killed him. And they drive away, and that's the last time anybody ever mentions it. That's the it. last we talk of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Becky says, I got this. And she pulls a grenade out. Yeah. She yells, fire in the hole, and throws it, and the dad explodes. <laughs> Yeah, but he's not dead because the chain gun starts moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian runs into a burned up Zeke, so Zeke's not dead. Yeah, and he says, "Do you want? Do you know the line?" He says, "No, Did please." You, say. Sound like you're gearing up. He says, "You've been macking on my girlfriend." Uh, yeah, what I wanted to say is that apparently now that Zeke has been burned up, he has switched to some sort of Southern accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Julian says, I'm going to kill you for what you did to my brother, Zeke. Um, behind, but behind them is the mom with her knife yeah. in her, in her saw. And Zeke's like, uh, duh, bro. I'm already dead. Yeah. <sighs> Zeke and Julian start punching each other. <laughs> it's just, a... <laughs> it's yeah, it's, uh, it's a hand to hand fight with yeah. a zombie. Who's still sort of, this is sentient. Yeah. My note says, what a climactic fist fight. <laughs> it's not even Kung Fu or anything. It's just two guys with no professional fight training taking swings at each other. So Becky notices a high voltage box and she gets the mom to chase her and swipe at her and she saws into a cord and fries. Meanwhile, uh, while that while fighting, Julian pulls a grenade in Zeke's pocket. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zeke had a grenade in his pocket, I guess. I guess, or Julian I guess put all a of these people in his had pocket. Everybody's got a grenade. Um, and uh, Zeke fucking explodes. Yeah. And so this is at this point in the movie, I had to pause and I, I realized that none of this is even remotely believable, but just to satisfy my own curiosity. So he pulls a grenade, he's sitting on the ground about six feet away, and then Zeke blows up. Um, the effective kill zone of a basic frag grenade is 30 feet um, and, <laughs> and i was I, Jesus. Thought of, I thought of this a little bit when becky blew up their his dad and i was like i feel like that would probably there's shrapnel going everywhere yeah it's not really about the fire that comes out it's about mm-hmm. the shrapnel right the, and at this point like yeah julian is on the ground six feet away from a frag grenade that he just is set off, but he's fine, so don't worry. Uh, my next note is, Jesus, please end. <laughs> the SWAT team shows up and starts blowing zombies away. The tank runs over the mom's head. That's cool. Oh, shit. The dad wakes up, 
he starts shooting at the cops. Then a tank blows him up. Yeah, and it's what is it? Just the arm that's shooting? I'm can I was confused by this. What? I don't know if he wait if he like stands up or not. I don't remember. But he was yeah he was blown to bits. But apparently he's still shooting at people with his machine gun arm. Yeah. Um. But what's this? Oh no, Katie got hit. Katie got shot. Yeah, it really comes out of nowhere. It does, and she says, uh, uh, "Or Julian says, don't die on me, please, don't die on me." Yeah, and she, she dies. dies. She dies. Do you want to know why she dies? Why? Because uh, this actress um, got pneumonia. <laughs> oh no! And had to fly back to the U.S. <laughs> And so they had to cut her out of a bunch of the end of the movie. And then oh, shit. later on when she was better, they flew her back to Romania to shoot this death scene. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings the body count up to 16. The army's loading the bodies up. Uncle Charles gets away in his pickup truck. <laughs> a couple barrels of trioxin in the back. And then uh, there's a newscast and it says a hybrid denies a zombie outbreak. There was an accident in the MRE division, and then, uh, oh shit, a zombie pops out of nowhere and bites him in the fucking head. Yeah, yeah. Body count up to 17. End credits roll over behind the scenes footage in new metal. Yeah, um, we we missed, real brief, I mean, we didn't miss, but we jumped over. There's like an interminably long shot of a SWAT team rolling in and just shooting down like 30 zombies. Yeah. It takes forever. It's so fucking boring. There's no, there isn't even a flash coming out of any of the guns. So it's literally just guys pointing machine guns and extras falling over and it goes on for fucking ever. And yes, this movie is a hilarious mess, but the last 20 minutes of this we're a brutal, brutal slog. Okay, let's do our wrap up here. <sighs> On Kill Streak, there's a, a few points we like to hit at the end of every episode. Uh, and the first thing is your favorite victim in the movie. All right, you have one lined up. Um, yeah, I would have to say my favorite victim is Hector. Um, he's <laughs> he's a horny man. He likes his chocolate milk. He likes his poopers. He likes his poopers. He gets some pooper at the end, but then unfortunately he's taken from us too soon, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hector's Hector's. Uh, well, he got. I mean, unfortunately for Hector, even if he had survived this uh, zombie outbreak, he was due for getting me too. Uh, yes. <laughs> in the not too distant future. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Hector. It was a different time. Yeah, Hector's time. <laughs> Hector's time is up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, my favorite. Uh, we're doing favorite uh, victim. Is that right? Is, who's our mm-hmm. favorite? Okay, this isn't the favorite death yet, right? No, nope, okay. no. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm blowing things here. Um, sorry, this movie has really overwhelmed my mind and my senses. Um, I think. For just sheer weirdness and not fitting into the cast or the plot in any way, shape, or form, I'm gonna go with Carlos, the uh, the gun crazy uh, Romanian, uh, who sure yeah the Romanian American high school student who 
is just ready to shoot everybody in the head at all times. Um, and now, yeah, go would ahead. It, would, it, would it change your opinion at all if you knew that I got it wrong? And it's not favorite victim, it's favorite character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was reading off the wrong list. Yeah, this thing's uh, – we're all over the place right now. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to take one quick deep breath to kind of center my mind after this insane shit show. Okay. Uh, my favorite character in this movie uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, God, they're all so terrible. They're all so good. They're wonderful and terrible. I'm going to go with uh, Uncle Charlie. Insane. <laughs> Peter Coyote and his absolutely bonkers performance. Uh, he's in like six scenes. I think he was on set for like three days. Um, but That checks out. That yeah. makes sense to me. I mean, I thought this guy was like a real actor. And then I watched this movie I, and I wrote down, I guess Peter Coyote is a terrible actor. Yeah. But, but he, then he was in E.T. And apparently he's been in a lot of other movies and he's fine. And I like looked at his his credits and I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen him in this stuff. I don't remember him being fucking insane. Um, he probably just didn't give a shit. I think you're right. And I think that's part of why I, I really respect it. And that's part of why he's he's my favorite. Well, my choice still stands. Hector, I love you, buddy. Sorry to see you go. Hectorino. But I like to watch you leave. <laughs> um, so uh, on par with that, uh, what do you think is the moment that aged the worst? Some of these movies, in this case, this movie is only 15 years old. But some of these movies had uh, invariably have moments that just don't really hit our modern ears well. Um, I, I, I think for myself, uh-huh. it, ha- it has to be, yes, Hector, also the other guy who just randomly sexually um, harasses Katie yeah. and she thinks he's busting a nut on the other, lo- on the other end. <laughs> I mean, I like his, yeah. he gets his comeuppance, no pun intended, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat on this one. Um first of all to be clear like things that have aged the worst sometimes are hilarious uh oh sure yeah (laughs) right and yeah so mine is less of a like well that wouldn't fly in this day and age and i like this movie this entire film (laughs) is so trapped in a terrible terrible moment in yeah in culture um and so the prevalence specifically of new metal and uh, dirt bikes and like Julian or like Zeke spends the entire movie wearing like one of those dumb fucking like motorcycle, uh, you know, like not a, not like a black leather motorcycle jacket, like a uh-huh. like a white and blue, like the, you know, it like Velcros across the front, like the kind of shit you see on like the X games, you know? Yeah. And uh, the, the whole movie, like the fashion and everything just feels like, I said it before, a CW show. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, and this extends to the way this movie was shot. Uh, the way it's put together, like, I mean, the closest thing I could compare all of this to is what it's like House of the Dead. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like this really shitty, like, uh, you know, I think part of it is like maybe 
like I don't know who like there was a time when this kind of thing it was like this fast paced like cool action and it's just oh boy does it not work at all um so i think all those things combined it's like this movie is only 15 years old but it feels so fucking old isn't it astounding that something that's only 15 years old can feel this dated because the entire time like wow i didn't realize living through it that 2005 had a distinct like flavor yeah. to it yeah. and even this uh, this is probably more like 2001 2002 because mm-hmm. even like new metal was not that popular by the time this movie rolled around yeah but like it really feels in looking at old pictures from that time i'm like wow i can't believe mm-hmm. we we did all that like dress that way yeah i saw a picture of you and your wife from 20 years ago or whatever and god you looked like shit it was <laughs> yeah we really did yeah. really i really did yeah um yeah so then that brings us up to the next category, best death. Mike, any opinions on the best death of the movie? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Julian's uh, – is it – I think it's um, Mimi gets mm-hmm. run over by Katie's Hummer and the mm-hmm. wheel goes right over her head and it fucking explodes. Explodes, yeah. And it's – really i mean it it's cheesy but it's gross as fuck and I it really it. is i liked it a lot and mimi i loved mimi uh she was gone too soon uh you know as we say so mimi <laughs> um for me it is the security guard who gets his head ripped off i think it looks pretty good um and i always loved him <laughs> I don't know. It's not, nothing more to say about it's that felt like character. You guys had a lot of stuff in common. Yeah, just like I really, I could identify with them. I'm not talking yeah. about the one who sexually harasses Katie. I want to be clear about that. Yeah, no, no, the 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 one who gets his guts ripped out. Uh, okay, so here on Kill Streak, we like to rate the scariness of a movie based on our patented Carpenter scale. Mike, why don't you give a brief explanation? And then probably we won't do that anymore. Well, we probably will. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll do it for the first movie of each series or something like that. Um, yeah, so for anybody who's not familiar, uh, horror director John Carpenter is an absolute favorite of mine and Eric's. He's done a lot of movies, uh, a lot of horror movies, a lot of genre pictures, and they really sort of run the gamut in terms of how frightening they are. Um, you got some really heavy hitters at one end of the scale, the original Halloween, you've got the thing. And then on the low end of the scale, you've got, uh, some significantly less frightening flicks like, uh, Starman starring Jeff Bridges and Karen Allen, uh, or the Elvis movie starring Kurt Russell. Sure. So we, every week decide where this particular movie lands on that carpenter scale of frights with the zero being those uh the sort of romance and uh 10 being the all-time kind of freakouts. so eric for you where on the carpenter scale of frights does return of the living dead necropolis rank i feel very good about this choice okay um i think it is john carpenter's vampires Oh, yeah, there's there's definitely I mean, I think that almost that's so telling of how dated this movie feels. Yeah, that's a movie from 1998 from seven years earlier. And it feels a lot like this movie in terms of like attitude and tone. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
for me, uh, I think this movie is something we didn't really mention, but it's like this movie is too fucking ridiculous to be scary. Um, right. There is uh, very little in this film that gave me any kind of frights whatsoever. Um, and I was struggling to come up with a comparison point. Uh, and I think the best thing I could land on for a movie that is basically not frightening and also just a huge fucking mess. Uh, I'm going to rank this movie an escape from LA on the Carpenter scale. Shit. Great choice. Yeah. Although to be clear, escape from LA much better than this movie. Oh yeah. 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 All right. So then this is the hardest. This is going to be the hardest part. I think it Um, is. Yeah. I agree. Um, every week, uh, as we wrap up the movies, we do a basic sort of pass fail that essentially is asking the question, if you were going to run through this series, Return of the Living Dead, uh, and maybe you don't have time to watch all of them, is this one that you should include in your rewatch? And Eric, how do you feel about Return of the Living Dead, Necropolis? God, it is so hard. No. I, I have to say, no, you shouldn't watch this movie. Okay. But also, you should watch this movie. Mm. You shouldn't watch this movie in terms of its connection to Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. But you should probably watch this movie. <laughs> uh, that's. I think that's very fair. For me, uh, I, I thought about this for a while, and I feel uh, confident that I am going to give this movie, if this was a pass-fail, I'm going to give it an incomplete. Um, and the reason for that is, uh, you know, we, we handed at this a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but the fifth and final movie rave to the grave was shot back to back with this by the same director. Um, and I'm going to, it is hard for me to imagine. I, I feel like I have a, a responsibility maybe more so than you felt to, to say, yeah, you guys should probably watch, I'm going to guess one of these movies. Yeah. I can't imagine it's a good idea to watch both of them. Um, so I'm going to uh, to register an incomplete for now, and then after I've finished viewing Rave to the Grave, I'm going to come back to this grade, mm-hmm. and I'm going to decide presumably one of these movies is going to be added to my list of uh, you know ones you should watch. But maybe maybe my mind will change. So we have one final segment we're both pretty excited about, <laughs> and uh, it is called colon exam (laughs) now a lot of the movies that we cover a lot of horror movies in general are sequels to sequels to sequels and sometimes they have some pretty interesting subtitles like in this case it's return of the living dead colon necropolis yeah so you you made a movie like this once didn't you i did i I made a movie that uh (laughs) well there's one called yeti colon a love story and then there's another one called Yeti, colon, a love story, colon, life on the streets. Yeah. Although they made us take out the second colon. Ah. But uh, in my in my mind and in my heart, our movie will always have two colons. So this is really in your wheelhouse. It really is. So what are we going to do here, Mike? Um, so what we've decided for, for the colon exam, um, each of us are going to go back and forth. Uh, and so I'm going to start, and I'm going to give you a movie, Eric, that is a, a subtitle that follows a colon. Uh, and 
I'm going to give you that subtitle after the colon and a movie title, and I want you to tell me which of the two movie franchises does that sequel belong to. All right. right. So so an example in this one would be Return of the Living Dead colon Necropolis, right? Or colon Rave to the Grave. Um, So here's my first one. Um, Eric. Beyond... Sorry, let me do, let me do it this way. Colon, beyond the gates of hell. Now, is this subtitle from a sequel in the Joyride franchise or the Wishmaster franchise? Mike, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Wishmaster. All right, I started you with an easy one. That is correct, Eric. It is Wishmaster colon beyond the gates of hell. So that's one point for Eric. Okay, so uh, here's mine for you, Mike. All right. Colon, the prophecy fulfilled. Is that a, a The Omen movie or Wishmaster? Shit. I should have paid more attention when I was looking at the Wishmaster Wikipedia page. Huh? Um. I'm going to go with Wishmaster. Yeah, there's a reason why I immediately got yours. Was because, <laughs> yes, it is Wishmaster, colon, the prophecy fulfilled. All right. Well, it is one-to-one right now. Um, good job. <laughs> uh, I also forgot to do an extra one. So that's okay. like <laughs> good. <laughs> Eric and I were like, we should have a fourth one, uh, you know, in the chamber ready to go in case we double up. Well, I don't have one. So fingers I crossed. Do. I okay. do. We'll fantastic. See. Fantastic. All right. Next, we have. Cont- Sorry, <laughs> I keep forgetting. Uh, this is our first time doing the colon exam, everyone. So bear with us here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Eric, your next uh, question colon contagium <laughs> I'll give wow. you a, I'll give you a spelling on that that's c o n t a g i u m okay so, contagium uh, is that a sequel to day of the dead or dead rising um Jesus. I want to say Dead Rising? The full title of this film is Day of the Dead 2 Contagium. Oh, no. This is is an unauthorized sequel to George Romero's 1985 Day of the Dead. Um, Yeah, and my interest is piqued, to say the least. So I'll follow that up thematically. Uh, Not even thematically. The, your next movie is colon day of the dead <laughs> what the fuck? is this a paranormal activity movie or a Candyman movie mm. i feel fairly confident that there are only two Candyman films before this new reboot that's coming along i'm i'm familiar with Candyman to farewell to the flesh so I am going to say that it is Paranormal Activity, colon, Day of the Dead. I am so sorry, Mike. It is Candyman Fuck. 3. Oh, my Ca- God. Colon, Day of the Dead. Oh, all right. Well, we both got one right and one wrong, so we are still tied up at one. Yep. 
All right. Here's your final clue, Eric. Uh, your next film, colon, The Legend Begins. Is this a Tremors movie or a Hellraiser movie? Oh, shit. Tremors. That is correct, Eric. Tremors, colon, the legend begins. You take the lead with two points. <laughs> okay. Um, colon, Bloody Mary. Is it an urban legends movie or prom night? I mean, this all comes down to how hard you're trying to fuck me here because I feel like logically I got to go with urban legend. So that's, I'm just going to make that my final answer. I'm going to say this is an urban legends movie. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct. Oh shit. We got a tie. Well, we do have a tie. I have one more question. Okay. So how about you want to make this sudden death? You want to give me your last one? If I get it right, I win. If I miss it, you win. Sure. Colon back to perfection. Is it a house of wax movie or is it tremors? <laughs> tremors baby again there's a reason why i got your question right <laughs> all right well we're gonna work on the format of the colon exam but <laughs> but i think it was pretty successful no, I, I, I i had fun i had a ton of fun and i hope that it was half as much fun for the listener all right well okay guys we're gonna wrap this up uh I'm, we have I'm fucking spent man <laughs> yeah i am too <laughs> I'm losing my voice. It's late. Uh, we have one final movie in the series, Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. And then after that, we're going to do a mini episode where we rank all of these in our canonical order. Yeah. And then it's on to the next series. Yeah. Uh, and so for you guys following along with the podcast, um, this is subject to change, but you know we'll have a new episode next week with uh, Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. And don't worry, you don't have to wait that long. Later in the week, we will release our final rankings mini-sode, so you don't have to wait another week for that one to come out. Right. Yeah, so all of the new episodes that cover individual movies will come out once a week with the uh the final episode with our ranking will be doubled up if Late. that makes any sense if yeah that final episode later in the week as a as a as a shorter length mini soon exactly um yeah so it has been uh quite an experience uh watching this movie eric and talking to you about it and mm -hmm. uh the exciting thing is uh we're not really done yet we get to do this all over again <laughs> yep and i'm excited to watch it man after this one i'm like okay i'm in i'm yeah i'm, I'm down to see it let's finish this series with a bang um <laughs> yeah so as always guys if you have any questions or comments even suggestions for us uh segment suggestions if you guys love the colon exam and it gave you an idea for something else or if you think mm -hmm. it fucking sucked or if you want to try to uh actually the best way to go about colon mm -hmm. exam would be if you guys write in and give us suggestions yeah that's true and then neither of us know them ahead of time um, we'll play with that idea also. But anyways, for any of those types of things, you can always email us at killstreakpod at gmail.com. And like Eric said, after uh, the Return of the Living Dead series is aired, we will start responding to your emails. Um, and as I always say, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps. It, I mean, I say this every time. It's seriously, it's like the way 
to get the podcast onto a chart so that people actually see it and download it. Um, so if you like the podcast and you want it to continue to exist, uh, rate and review us on iTunes, please. We love you. Thank you so much. And as always, nice pooper. <laughs> <laughs>